0: Your word endures forever So my soul will find rest In the presence of my Lord My heart will find strength In the words you swore For the Lord is my strength Yes, the Lord is my strength Yes, the Lord is my strength. This week, I've been continually reminded in my time with the Lord of His strength. In His presence, I am renewed.
1: And I don't take the time often enough.
0: feel like I don't have anything to give it's in his presence that I find strength
2: was with god and the word was god he was in the beginning all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made and in him was life and the life was the light of man and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not comprehend it then in romans chapter nine or verse chapter 10 Starting with verse 8, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you, that's Jesus, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For unto the heart one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And finally in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 10 it says therefore brethren be even more diligent to make your call and your election sure for if you do these things you will never stumble so i've been thinking we'll receive you can just turn your all, tithes and offerings in at the end of the service like we've been doing but you know it all comes back to jesus And I've been thinking this week, we can be so distracted by so many things, both good things and not so good things, just busy things. And sometimes we take for granted. And I would hope that everybody here, most likely everybody here, has Jesus in their heart. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. But I just want, you know, we talk about being prepared. And you say, well, how can I be prepared? Well, the number one way to be prepared is to make sure that your diligence, that you are diligent to make your call and election sure. In other words, make sure that you're right with Jesus. Make sure re- your relationship with Jesus is where it should be, day by day by day. That is the basic foundation. Make sure you spend time with him. Spend time with the word, because that is him. Worship him. So, um, like I said, you can... We'll. Re- put your offerings in at the end of the service, but I want them to do that song one more time and take this time to just make sure that relationship that you have with Jesus is where it should be. If there's something you need to repent, repent. But God's always faithful to to accept that repentance and, and to keep you where you need to be. So just take a minute and reflect on that and worship that.
0: i I will praise you, my Lord, I love you, Jesus, yes, I will give you everything.
3: It's all about Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's good to have Jasmine here. Yeah, I guess she's moving back and not going to get married and stay here. And You believe that? No? <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> Look in your Bibles this morning to Joshua chapter 1. I want to read to you our text. Then I'll have a... You can go ahead and get those <clears throat> slides up, Caleb. the first one. But let me read to you from Joshua chapter 1. We're we're on a series, and this is number 6, and it's called Prepare, Proceed, and Possess. Everyone say prepare. Proceed. Possess. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong. Everyone say, be strong. And of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may Prosper wherever you go. Verse 8: This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. You want good success? You want to prosper? The word comes first. Jesus Christ comes first. Have I not commanded you this third time: be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Go back to that other one, would you, please? This is the central truth. The Jordan River represents a barrier that God is calling you to cross over. It represents the transition between where you are now and where he wants you to be. We said new assignments require separation. Separation is the first act of possession. Okay, now go to the next one, please. It says a new attitude is required in crossing over your Jordan River. Disobedience and complaints made against God's directives will get you nowhere. Amen. Anyone complained the last couple of months? No. The church must learn to follow God's anointed leaders, work together in unity. Anything God calls you to do will require a spiritual battle. And this is where we're at today. This is what we want to talk about today. The church is responsible for raising up a new generation of spiritual warriors. Thank you. You can take it down. I said the church has a responsibility to raise up a new generation of Of spiritual warriors. Now let's talk about that. And uh, I want to read to you and remind you of the prophecy that was given last fall. It says this will be a decade of difference because he's going to give us a kingdom authority for his hands to work on another generation. Well, we're his hands. Amen. We're the body of Christ. We have a responsibility to work on another generation. What do you mean? There's a generation right now. You know, there's all different generations, and every generation has its different quirks and its good points and its bad points. But we have a responsibility to train and to teach a new generation how to serve God, how to advance the kingdom of God. Amen? Now, look at, uh, we're going to go through, I want to go through scriptures. Get, get to the book of Psalms, please, and look at Psalms 33. We'll do this in order, so it won't be hard. We'll just read them and, and go through them. <clears throat> but I want you to see how important it is for fathers or mothers too, to invest, everyone say invest, in their sons and daughters. We have a responsibility to do that. And I want you to see this in Psalm 33. Look at verse 11. Psalm 33, verse 11, it states, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. Now look at this. The plans of his heart are God's heart to all generations. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. Amen? Amen. The plans of God's heart to all generations. God has a plan for every generation. Every generation is important, and there's been generations that, that have, you know, not fulfilled their spiritual responsibilities. And I, we've talked about that. Kathy and I talk about different generations, and our generation can be very materialistic. And, and money is important, and houses are important. Look at Psalm 44. Psalm 44, verse 1. It says, We have heard with our ears, O God, our what? Fathers have told us the deeds you did in their days in days of old. So fathers, what do they do? They share stories with their children and their grandchildren. <clears throat> Look at, um, well, let, this is the message translation. It states, we've been hearing about this God all our lives Our fathers told us the stories their fathers told them. Look at Psalm 45. Psalm 45 and verse 16. Instead of your what? Your fathers shall be your sons whom you shall make princes in all the earth. I will make your name be remembered in what? All generations, therefore, the people shall praise you forever and ever. The Message Bible says, set your mind now on sons. Don't dote on father and grandfather. You'll set your sons up as princes all over the earth. Look at Psalm 69. Psalm 69. Verse 35. For God will save Zion and build the cities of Judah that they may dwell there and possess it. Also the what? The descendants or seed of his servants shall inherit it, and those who love his name shall dwell in it. Look at Psalm uh, 71, verse 18. I'm just going through the scriptures because I want you to see God's a God of generations. I like this one. This this for me. Now, also when I'm old and gray-headed, oh, God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. So, in other words, I'm not ready to go yet. I've got something to declare to another generation. Amen? Look at Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Verse 1, O give ear, O people, to my law, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. You got kids, Nate. You better have some good scriptural, spiritual things to share with them as they grow. It says, we will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he's done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their what? Children. "...that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments, and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God." There was a generation that did not cross the Jordan River. Stubborn and rebellious. Amen. But there was a a new generation. We had Joshua. We had Caleb and the young ones. And they crossed, did they not? Amen. Amen. Are you here today? Good. Let me know it. Gosh, this coronavirus. Just quit listening to that stuff amen everybody's just kind of on edge amen let's not be that way let's be hungry let's be on fire for what god's doing where was i look at um look at psalm seventy nine psalm seventy nine So we, your people and sheep, verse 13, of your pasture, will give you thanks forever. We will show forth your praise to all generations. Psalm 100. Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his what? Truth endures to all generations. Look at Psalm 102, verse 12. Psalm 102, 12 says this, But you, O Lord, shall endure forever and the remembrance of your name to all generations. You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. For your servants take pleasure in her stone, show favor to her dust, so the nation shall fear the name of the Lord, all the kings of the earth, your glory. For the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in glory, he shall regard the prayer of the destitute, and shall not despise their prayer. This will be written for the generation to come, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Now, are you getting the picture? Then you look over at verse 28. The children of your servants will continue and their descendants will be established before you. Look at Numbers 14. I just wanted to show you how God is a God of generations. His truth endures for all generations. And there's a new generation in the days ahead that's going to be instrumental in advancing the kingdom of God. Doing great things for God. Now, I'm an older generation, but I'm, I, I haven't died yet. I haven't given up the ghost yet. I want to do some great things for God just like you. But I'll I, I tell you, though, in the days ahead, there will be an emphasis on a new generation. I believe there will be new, new music. Amen? Amen? We're, we're losing young people. We need to get focused again as a people and, and win young people to Christ. I heard this story. <clears throat> I went home to the cemetery. Went home to the cemetery. Went home to Fairbury to the cemetery. I drove down on Thursday, and I had an old friend. His dad had a business, and we grew up together. And, and um, he says, just stay the night. So I stayed the night with him, but. Before I got there, there was a shooting in Fairbury. And a 17-year-old kid had shot this guy five times. One great bullet grazed his head. This wasn't far, just a block or two from where I grew up. The other hit his shoulder, three in the abdomen. And, and my friend has a small town. The meat cutter lived next door to this drug deal gone bad. And he came out. He told his wife, "Call nine one." When he came out and stood out, the guy was holding his stomach; his, the, everything was coming out, and they had him holding it in. Fairbury, my hometown, is one of the highest as far as welfare and drugs in the state. And if you drive through, you'll see. It's it's sad. And well, they must have got him to the hospital. I don't know if he died if he he was in critical. Life lighting, but come to find out, my 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 buddy and his two brothers have the furniture store. This seventeen year, 17 year old had worked for him for a week, and my buddy said well, on Monday he just didn't show up. Well, I wonder why? They they must they arrested him. Seventeen years old, shooting somebody five times. Fortunately, he wasn't a good shot. That guy can be thankful. Aren't you glad he didn't train him, Micah? There is, they're, they're out there, and they need to, to hear the good news about Jesus. Numbers 14, I, I alluded to this a couple weeks ago, but I want you to th- see this in Numbers 14. In verse 1, it says, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. Remember, they went in to spy out. Canaan, and they came back with an evil report, the people wept that night, and the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we'd died in the land of Egypt, or if only we died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become what? Victims or prey. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt. And I said, this is what's happened. We have made victims out of our young people. I can't get over the young ones running around with masks on. Now, I'm, don't get, don't, I don't want to offend people. That's fine if you're comfortable in wearing a mask. But what, what's happening is they're listening to all this. And, and it's controlling their life. And, and they're wearing the mask. And the little children are marching behind them wearing the mask. You can't make spiritual warriors out of people like that, folks. And this is what happened here. They made victims out of their children. Look at uh, verse 26 of the same chapter. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron said, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints. I have what? Heard the complaints with the children of Israel make against me. Say to them as I live says the Lord just as you have spoken in my hearing so I will do to you the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness all of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above except for Caleb the son of Jephunah and Joshua the son of Nun you shall by no means enter the land which the Lord I swore which I swore I would Make you dwell in, but your little ones whom you said would be victims, I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness. See, it's real important in this hour. As I've said, it's, it's scriptural to state the problem, but it's unscriptural to let the problem control your life. This virus thing, it's all right in the, but you can get so overboard with some of this where fear comes in and it controls every area of your life. We can't be spiritual warriors, you know, running around just so consumed by everything that we're hearing from the media because a lot of it isn't true. A lot of it isn't true. It says in... About verse 20, it says, And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Oh, I like that scripture. But truly, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have put me to the test. Now these ten times that have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Now look at verse 24. This is what we need. This is the, a generation we need. It says, but my servant Caleb, because he had a different spirit... In him, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. We need Calebs and Joshua, Calebs and Joshuas in in the hour in which we live, and it's our responsibility to discern the Calebs and the Joshua in this younger generation, and then teach them, and then be an example them to them, and then train them up in the way of God. It's so important. Now, look at Acts 20. I said all this to say this. Monday morning of this week, I got in the shower. I get in the shower every morning. But this time, the word of the Lord came to me. I am not a prophet. I don't... I, I'm a pastor. But God speaks to us. Did you hear me? And, and it was a word, one word. And for me on Monday morning, any, any morning, to drag my carcass out of bed, you know, I don't jump out of bed anymore. I crawl out of bed. And I get my coffee, and then I take my shower. And I got in the shower, and this is the word I heard, Eutychus. Now, for me, to get in the shower on Monday morning and hear this word, Eutychus, he got my attention. I knew who Eutychus was. Do you? How many of you don't know who Eutychus no, was? all right. Raise your hand if you don't know who Eutychus was. Well, let's find out. Look at Acts chapter 20. It says in verse 7 Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until what? Some of us get nervous when we go over 30 minutes. And you know, this preacher's pretty good to you. What? Yeah, they could have said amen a little louder. I don't, I don't have any problem preaching along if the Spirit of God's behind it, but if it's just you're up here, just whatever. But. Midnight. Midnight is what? When you think of midnight in the Scripture, what do you think of? I think of Paul and Silas were singing praises at midnight because where were they? Prison, midnight's the dark hour, amen? So he he spoke until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. And in verse 9, and in a window sat a certain what? A certain what? Young man named Eutychus. How many of you know what Eutychus means? I looked at that means fortunate. It was a common slave name. So there must have been a number of Eutychus, Eutychuses who were who was sinking into a what? Now, where was he sitting? Where was he sitting? There on a the third story. In an upper room. Do you think it was full? I think the Apostle Paul had, could draw a good crowd. Why do you suppose he sat in a window? Huh? Got any ideas? I think people that are bored look out windows. Because. You know, her uncle, she went up to the O.K. Cemetery. He'd always sit and look out the window and look at the sheep when the message got long. And I think Eutychus was a what? Young man. And he probably, you know, they started this message out, and he probably was pretty good for a while, and pretty soon he can get distracted. But then it says he was sinking into a what? A deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was what? Taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Now, you look at this. It took three Spiritual gifts, it takes at least three gifts of the Spirit, spiritual gifts to raise somebody from the dead. It takes special faith or supernatural faith. It takes the working of miracles, and it takes the gifts of healing. It takes supernatural faith to to call somebody's spirit back. Then the working of miracles, if they're dead, they're dead. It takes a miracle. And then they need healing because if they wake up, guess what? What shapes their body in? They need healing. So this, not, that's a thing you don't see a lot of that because not very many people operate in those three gifts. But I bet Eutychus was happy. Paul did. The Message Bible says, but Paul went down. See, this was a distraction for Paul. He was preaching. But it said he had to stop, and then he went down. Stretched himself on Eutychus and hugged him hard. That's what the the Message Bible says. Hugged him hard. No more crying, he said. There's life in him yet. There's still life in him. And it says, now when he'd come up and a broken bread and eat and talked a long while, even still day, till day, daybreak, he departed and they brought the young man in alive and, and they were not a little comforted. And I began to think about Eutychus all week. And as, you know, I went down the highway, I, I was thinking about Eutychus. God, what do you want me to, what are you trying to get across to me about Eutychus? Well, you know, Eutychus was, was undoubtedly, he was a, a slave. And there, there are young people out there, and I thought about that 17-year-old kid that shot that guy five times. They're slaves to sin. They're bound by sin. They don't know Christ, and they deserve to hear about him. And there's young people like that all over this land that need a second chance. Eutychus was fortunate he got another chance. And I like to believe that he went on to be do something big for God. It's never too late for this next generation. I'm looking at young people. I'm I'm done with the old ones. It's the young ones. It's vital, you parents that have little ones, to raise your kids up in the way of the Lord. It's vital that that you get them to church and, and you get the word into them and you live your life the best you can every day in front of them. There's Eutychuses out there that need to hear about Jesus. Amen? I thought, Eutychus, That's why can't you just speak to me in a paragraph instead of giving me one word? Galatians 4, 7 says, Therefore you are no longer a slave but a son. That's what they need to hear. You're no longer a slave to sin, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. God, God's intentions are the same for all generations. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations The church has a mandate from God. Are we a church? We are the church. To raise up a new generation of spiritual warriors. Harvest Church needs to do what we can to influence the next generation. And what it will require, some of the old, I almost said farts, some of the old ones. He said that. Some of the old ones need to make some changes in the way they think. Get out of their spiritual rut and begin to look ahead. This will be a decade of difference, and I believe that with all my heart because God is going to give us kingdom authority for his hands to work on another generation. Let's stand up this morning. How many believe the word of God? Father, we we love you, we honor you. And we see the importance how important it is for us to influence a new generation of spiritual warriors. Help us as older ones, gray-headed ones, to do everything we can to help them, encourage them, teach them, and train them. Help us, Lord God, to forget those things that are behind and press on towards those new things that are ahead. Help us discern by your Spirit what you're doing in the lives of the young ones. Help us do our part individually and corporately as a church body. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now, I don't know why I asked Kathy, but I do not ever want to do anything that goes against your conscience. But I would like to pray for young people today up to the age of 30. Now, if you're not comfortable in allowing that, I'm not going to judge. It's fine. But if you're a teen, or even younger, I want to pray for them. Can I do that? So come on up. Would you play or do something? Of you, I want you to extend your hands towards him. You, you know, you might not feel like a spiritual warrior. But in God's eyes, He looks at you and, and sees so much has a plan for each one of your lives, a purpose for each one of your lives, and all you need to do is cry out, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, Father, not my will, but your will be done, and he'll reveal to you the plan and the purpose. So we're going to pray for you and, and, and uh, lay hands on you. And Pastor Brad, why don't you come too? And folks, you out there need to do everything you can to, to encourage them. Amen? Love on him. It said in the Message Bible, the po- Apostle Paul hugged him hard. Sometimes young people just need a hug. Sometimes us old people just need a hug. <laughs> Amen. Father, today we thank you for these little things. We bless Him in the name of of honor, sanctified and useful for the Master. days and bless your Father this day. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and
1: mercy.
3: Thank you, Lord, I thank you for taking, giving us the time to pray for them because they're so important. These kids and young people are so important. I'm I'm excited for them. Amen. Anything else? Prayer Wednesday night. No, it's work night Wednesday night. Oh. Oh, yeah, Brad's gone. Brad got me all screwed up, confused. It's all your fault, Pastor Brad. Well, go out and think about the Eutychuses that are out there, amen, and encourage them. God bless you. Thank you.